This is the podcast for Jews Taekwondo. Episode four. Today we have Master Joseph Sesco. He's an eighth degree black belt with the International Taekwondo Federation, and he's also a sheriff deputy. How are you doing there, Master Sesco? Yes, sir. Doing good today? Yes, I am. Yes, I just got off duty here just about uh, about 10, 15 minutes ago. Oh, great. And um, can you give us a little bit of background about um, your Taekwondo um, experience as well as you as being a deputy? Well, my early years as a teenager, uh, I started in different styles of martial arts. I was in the Chuck Norris style for a long time, and I became a black belt. And after that, I got into ITF Taekwondo. I, I seem to enjoy that the most. Uh, I, I I just like the the patterns and the and especially the kicking. Kicking was my was my was my favorite. That was my favorite thing. And then continued to train and so forth. I I always wanted to get into police work because I thought that was that was kind of interesting. And I thought getting into police work will help my business because at that time I was I was just starting to teach. With my teaching, I thought well you know getting into police work I enjoy that kind of work plus I enjoy my martial arts and I and I definitely wanted to be a teacher. And so I got into that. How old Getting were into, you when you uh, um, when you started? To... Uh, I was in my I, I was in my well when I got when I was teaching I was in my twenties of course I was I got I was in my uh, uh, I was about thirty thirty some early 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 thirties when I got into police work so it was so I, so I didn't go in as a, a youngster but I'm kind of glad I didn't because being more mature was a lot was a lot better. But as I was running my school, I thought that would help get me more students and stuff. And, and, and of course, once I got into police work, then, uh, then I ran into a lot of people that did want to become police officers and started taking Taekwondo. So, and I eventually worked with a lot of them eventually, you know. And I still, I still have one of my black belts now that just graduated from the police academy. And it's a female, and she's, she's doing police work now. So she's, she's, she's working a good bit in the police work. And, and as time went on, I... Uh, I actually became a police instructor. I went to every every school that I could go to, from uh, police academy instructor to defensive tactics to OC to physical fitness instructor, anything, because it helped both jobs. I I, I think that that helped a lot with my taekwondo and stuff. Wow, that's very interesting. And, did you, um, you know, it, what at what age did you get your black belt? When? Yeah, how old were you when you got your? Uh, oh, I was I was probably twenty. 25 or 24. Okay. No, I'm just I'm kind of guessing around there. I, I have this. I haven't thought about this stuff forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and I don't, the further you go along in life, the the further away this thing thinks without 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 really digging up all that information and stuff like that. But we're we're taking a guess. I was uh, I was still in high school, and get and uh, I when didn't really see. get serious about my training till after I got a got out of high school. Uh, and I was I married at that time, and then I and then I and then I was really serious about my training and stuff like that. And uh, so this is then the height of the kung fu craze: Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Chuck. Yeah, Bruce Lee especially. Yeah, and that's maybe that was one of the reasons with the hike. You went with kicking and stuff that I was fascinated with because uh, everybody was, of course, was fascinated with uh, with Bruce Lee. But I was interested in martial arts even uh, even before. Uh, Bruce Lee, uh, I, I just, I'm not, sh back then I, I, I can't, I don't know why, you know, but I guess it's just being able to defend yourself and, and all this, what I was looking at. And as time went on, it was like, uh, I, I really appreciated the fact, how much, how much work went into 
really training hard. You know, people don't look at that. Uh, it's like they, the movements are graceful and everything looks good. And just watching somebody think, wow, that person's good. But they don't realize how much training and how much time you put into uh, uh, becoming a martial artist if you want to really be truly be uh, 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 good at what you do. Very true. That's very true. You did uh, the Chuck Norris system. I believe he did Tang Sudo. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Because I, 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 even at that time, I was interested in the Korean martial arts. Of course, there, 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 there was. Uh, I, I didn't find really any Taekwondo schools by by that name around until a little bit later. And I did train with two other gentlemen, and uh, they were mixing the patterns around. They were doing the, the the Chuck Norris patterns, and they was doing the ITF patterns. And they so it wasn't the true. ITF Taekwondo, but it was a Taekwondo, and I was happy with that for a little bit. That's very interesting. You know, and yeah. that's and that's even as a lower belt student, I was teaching. So that's one reason I got into teaching. Even as a lower belt, I was teaching classes. A lot of times they didn't make it, and I was teaching. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, uh, this is something that I really enjoy because people's doing what I like to do, and they're working hard to do it, and I'm helping somebody. So that's that's being a teacher to me is. is was more important than, than anything else. And how does um, Taekwondo translate in your everyday job as a sheriff deputy? Well, at, at first I thought it would help me a lot with the defense and stuff like that. And afterwards I thought, you know what, it helped me perform my job better. It made It was less stressful. I was able to feel more comfortable in a stressful situation. To me, that was the the biggest thing, and it took me a while to understand that and to learn it. Uh, if somebody, but like you asked me today, it really helped. It helped with that part of it. To me, that was one of the biggest things. You so, know, do you think the, the discipline from the Taekwondo training helped you with the? Uh, oh, definitely. The, yes, yes. It makes you. It, it makes you feel more confident. I mean, it, it, in in what you do, and 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 if I do make a mistake, it's it's you know I just figure well next time I'm going to do better. And, and I've and I've had to use some stuff before when when people you know tried to resist or kick. I've had people try to punch and kick me and stuff and through the years. But but basically, if you're pretty much confident and pretty much calm, you don't get into a lot of those situations because you're able to talk to somebody and they see that you're you're gonna you know if they fight you you're they're gonna fight back you know you're gonna fight back and so they don't usually push the limit too much. So career-wise, I think it's pretty good. And a lot of a lot of the students they want to they want to get a lot of people want to be, get into the police academy, so they want to get in shape. So they figured learning taekwondo plus learning self-defense because I teach defensive tactics. So all my self-defense is based on police defensive tactics and my self-defense. So that helps them later on when they get in the academy because this way when they go through that stuff, they, they've already got a general idea on what they're going to be doing. Can you talk a little bit more about? Um, your defensive tactics and what does all that involve? Well, a lot of the, the the first thing in defensive tactics is the stance. Just like in Taekwondo, we have to say, you know, you have a good, well balanced stance. And uh, a lot of the Taekwondo and the the uh, uh, defensive tactics goes hand in hand, and that's why it made it so easy to teach and to relate because I'm explaining the same things in in, in both instances. But it's uh, balance, hand position. Where you're standing all the time is just like fighting. Where you're standing, how you how you hold your body, how you move, basic basic defensive tactics is uh, like Master Wheatley said. Your best defense is stepping back, and, and that's the same thing we teach in the police academy uh, about somebody step, steps forward. You don't have to block. You step back. You've already done a block. You step back. So those are things that we teach. 
the same thing, defensive. And then next we get into uh, releases and, and, and locks, learning how to, to, to hold on to somebody and put them into a wrist lock, for whether it's escort or whether it's for takedown or whether it's for, for self-defense and so forth. And then I also teach – one of the first things I teach uh, officers, same as I do in my Taekwondo class, is teach them how to fall and roll, teach them how to fall in case somebody throws them down or they fall. More officers get hurt. And same thing in Taekwondo classes. I think the only accident I've ever had was where somebody actually got injured was when they fell wrong and, and, and used their arm to stop themselves and, and injured their shoulder. But I'm, I'm pretty big on rolls and falls and teaching people how to fall correctly. Then as the then as it progresses, we get into various other takedowns and then, of course, weapon retention and how to, how to defend uh, against things like that. I think General Chase's encyclopedia um, covers some of that stuff, but a lot of it's not um, emphasized as much in many ITF school. Would you agree with that? Yes, yes, yeah. When I look to the book, it's kind of it's kind of like subtle. It's in the back there somewhere. A lot of you know, and 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 if you're a lot of people are interested in self defense, and 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 I think it's a big part of Taekwondo. And uh, yeah, some of that stuff is in there. I actually actually seen some of those things in there. Even in the older encyclopedia, I noticed they even had some some military bayonet training. I've got an encyclopedia <laughs> that far back where it had they were in military uniforms with uh, 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 bayonets. You know, they were uh, doing their military training and stuff. So, do you ever um, practice bayonet training with your own? Yeah, rifle? yeah. In one of in one of the yeah in one of the old uh, encyclopedias that I have. No, no. Do you uh, actually train with a bayonet with on your own rifle? Oh no, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> they they may have years ago, but I do I do have a rifle, but there's no uh, there's no bayonet on it. But I do have a, I carry a shotgun and a, and an M16 in my in my in my cruiser all the time. What what city are you located? Oh, uh, I'm in St. Clair's, Ohio. St. Clair's, Ohio. Is that a big town? Small town? Uh, it's about nine thousand people. Oh, maybe very... even smaller than that now. So it's not very big. It, it, it's maybe it could be seven thousand. Uh, the census in this area, the people, the, it, it keeps going down all the time. We have a county. It's five hundred fifty square miles, and I think there's maybe there may be ninety thousand, eighty thousand people in the whole county. Oh wow! So you cover a lot of areas. Yeah, yeah, five hundred. Yeah. What's the response time if someone needed help? Twenty minutes, maybe. 20 minutes. So if someone's yeah, actually involved minutes. in some kind of uh, assault, it would take you 20 minutes to get there. Yeah, the other day I – see, I, I specialize in, in a lot of stuff at the sheriff's office, so I have different jobs that I do, which is kind of unique because of, because of my training and stuff. It kind of helps. So I, I'm in a created position, and I like it because I'm about the only one that's on day shift. Everybody works shift work except for me, right. and everybody works weekends except for me. Everybody works holidays except for me. So, so I'm in a I'm in a pretty good position, but I've got a lot of different jobs that I do, and I'm the only one that does them. So I, I definitely have to be at work all the time, which I don't mind. But I responded to a call the other day. A little girl was lost, and it took me at the edge of the county. It took me 45 minutes to get there. 45 minutes. Yeah, by the time I got there, they'd already found her, and she'd been missing for a while. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's because I had to go clear on the other side of the county, and and so it was it was close to it was close to forty five minutes, forty minutes somewhere around in there. So, you would you say that the majority of the people in your county they 
they would have to depend on themselves for self-defense. They couldn't count on yeah, law enforcement well, to get out there another, to help. Yes, right. You know what's happening now? Since I, I, I am the one in this county that issues all carry concealed weapons. I'm the only one in this county that issues them, and I've issued, and so far I'm up. We're up to five thousand. So every day I get about. Well, I do it a couple of days a week uh, because I got other duties, other things that I do. But I do them a couple of days a week. And I get about 15 or 20 people a day, you know, when I, when I do those. So I'm always busy, constant. I get about 15, 20 phone calls a day concerning carry concealed. So everybody wants to carry a weapon because of, because of that situation. There's been a lot of situations where they couldn't get help real quick, and, and uh, there's, there's been some problems. So there's a lot more people carrying weapons in this county. Would you say than that? There's a lot of crime in your area, or I mean, do people uh, feel yeah. that it's uh, unsafe? Yeah, well, there's been a there's been a lot of uh, because of the drugs and stuff like that. There's been a lot of uh, older people murdered, killed for money. Uh, we had a little lady in her in her late eighties, early nineties that was uh, two two guys broke into her house, uh, raped her, and killed her for no reason at all. Wow. Have and, you ever so, encouraged some of these guys that are looking for concealed carry um, consider taking martial art? Yeah, yeah. A lot of times they'll ask about, you know, they want some extra, they want some training and stuff. They want to know how to secure their weapon, and I tell them, I says, I teach that in my martial arts class. Yeah, when they ask, I I, I always tell them. I would assume that um, carrying a weapon like that, um, they should be as well trained as in your hand and feet. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I go out every once in a while. Sometimes the sheriff goes out with me because he's a because he he had, he had gotten his black belt in a uh, in a kung fu style, so he understands martial arts and he knows. So he's always saying, "Hey, could you do me a favor? Could you go out and talk to this group of people about martial arts?" He says, "We'll help you with." So so he's all he's all for me promoting the school through the sheriff's office, which is good, you know, and I appreciate that fact. But I'm out helping him too at the same time, which is pretty good and stuff. But I always talk about, you know, no matter what age you are, that it's a good thing because you learn self-defense. You learn, you learn going through Taekwondo. To me, the, the, the thing is, you learn self-confidence. It's going to help you through a lot of tough situations without using violence. And uh, isn't that the I just key? think it's a, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's the, you know, whether it's kids or whatever. I remember one of my black belts. When he first started, he was a young kid, and he was he was kind of quiet, and kind of withdrawn, and kids would pick on him a lot. You could just see he was kind of frustrated and stuff. And so he did he did get he, he made it through his black belt. And sometimes I could see when he spar, he get pretty frustrated, like he'd have all this stuff build up inside of him. He kind of let out a little bit, and I just kept an eye on him, and he did pretty good. And finally, he went on to school, he went on to college, and he stopped at my house one day, and he said, uh, "I wanted to tell you the story." He said, "I was I was in high school and." And these three boys that was picking on me all the time after I got my black belt, they came over to my locker and started. And he said, uh, they started shoving me around. He says, uh, I knocked off, I knocked two of them down and I grabbed the other one and put them in a headlock. And I'm standing there and I'm thinking, what do I do next? Said, Mr. <laughs> Susco didn't tell me what to do next. And he, and when he told me that, I started laughing. I said, well, that was it. He said, well, I got to that point where I put it and everything stopped. But then I didn't know what to do next. <laughs> I always thought that was I always thought that was cool. Yeah, that's you know, cool. That's what pretty. to do next? Yeah. What What do I do next? Uh, yeah. You know. That is very cool. 
do you think that um, any particular martial art would be better suited for you, or uh, do you think taekwondo is uh, uh, fairly adequate in in your you know, line of work? Well, I, I like I like the taekwondo. I mean, I I I I've been around different other styles. It's it's what that person wants. You know, I always tell everybody always asks me what is the best martial art? And I says, well, you know, to me, I think Taekwondo is the best, but it's the person you can take. I think you can take any, I think if whether it be me or yourself, I think if we would do any other martial art, we would probably do just as good at it. in that as we did in Taekwondo. So it's not so much the martial art, but it's the person doing it. That that's going to excel at it, you know, but everybody has a preference. It's like a gun. You know, everybody, if you're, you can have any gun in the world, but if you can't shoot it, it doesn't matter what gun you have. But if you're a great shooter, then you, you can shoot any gun and be good. It's the same thing as training in martial arts, but everybody has a favorite. Everybody will have a favorite gun that they love to shoot that's perfect for them. And, and for me, Taekwondo is, I always thought was the best, the best for me. So that's something that I love. So that's something that I talk and promote. But I never say, I never put it, any other martial art down because I don't, I don't know that much about it. I totally agree with that. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. it's how you train and um, what you like. And um, yes. you can have a, you can't say one style is better than another. But then it depends on that yeah. individual. And I always tell people, and and I've I used to do a, I used to fight in the open tournaments a lot, you know, and I, I made some friends, but there, but I tell you, a lot of those guys never really got along, and I was always leery, and and I always tell people, I said, you know, I met a lot of friends in Taekwondo. I said nobody nobody acts like anybody's better than anybody else. Cause we all do the same thing. You meet a lot of friends, and, and of course now with Facebook and everything, we can talk anytime we want. Um, and talk smack. <laughs> yeah, 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 exact. Talk smack. We can do anything we want. And it's it's like, it's like, you know, we talk a good bit and it's like, you, you're not that far from me, you know. Of course, we don't get a chance to see each other time, but at least we talk. And it's been a good family for me. And I, and I really uh, appreciate that part of it. There's just been a lot of good things from it. Feeling good about what I do, you know, or helping me do what I do better, keeping me in shape because I've had a lot of injuries. I mean, I've, I've had more injuries and, you know, from my hip to my knee, I've got a torn meniscus I had for years and I, I haven't had any surgery, but I still train. I had uh, elbow surgery. I ended up messing up my bursa, doing elbow stri- breaking boards, shoulder injuries. I've been through it all and I'm still training away. I wonder, we should uh, share war stories, I guess. You've had both <laughs> your hips replaced, right? Uh, shoulder injury. Well, and- I- I haven't had the hip replaced. I had that resurfacing. Resurfacing. Uh, I, I, I kind of skipped. I kind of found somebody in time to do that. So I haven't had any bone removed, but they put a cap on that, and that helped me. So that saved me. Okay, I got a broken collarbone, but I and I've had surgery on my elbow. Of course, I got a torn meniscus when I tested for my sixth degree when I jumped over, you know, and landed. I, my whole body twisted. Oh no! And yeah, you know, I just I tore it up and. My doctor told me at that time that it was uh, so I just micro tears. He didn't even they didn't even do anything. So I suffered with it, and uh, finally one day it, it, I had some really bad problems. So I go to an orthopedic surgeon, and he said, "You've got a torn meniscus. You had it since 1996." Is when I told him I injured it, and it's been what 2000. Other, what other yeah, when I went, it was you? last year, so it was 2006, 16 when it finally gave me problems. All those years. Yikes! What other injuries yeah. have you had? 
other well, uh, of course, my elbows, a couple broken toes. You <laughs> want uh, some fighting, of course. I had some uh, broken uh, nose. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, well, that was before I got that's that was getting in some fights in high school before. But uh, I've had some cuts on, you know, like they call the the boxers uh, cuts on the eye, you know, on the eyebrow. Oh, yeah. I've had a couple of those stitched up. I broke my uh, breaking a knuckle on my small finger to, twice. Like they called a boxer's break right behind yeah. the knuckle. I broke it. I broke it twice. So they told me not to be doing any breaking. <laughs> but I hit it on the board holder a couple times, just breaking. So and you so, and you keep coming back for more. Yeah, I keep coming back for yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. It's like I, I don't know. Uh, you uh, might have me out then. Let's see. I've uh, had a broken foot from getting blocked too many times. Um, yeah. A broken leg, torn ACL from doing. Kodan, Juche. Um, well, it might have been torn earlier. Uh, both hips have been replaced. Broke my arm. Broke my thumb. Broke my knuckle. Both shoulders dislocated. I don't know. A couple of hernias replaced. Repaired, I should say. Well, see, you wouldn't know yeah. watching your train, you see. <laughs> but that, but yeah, so you wouldn't know that watching your train. And that, that's what I appreciate about watching people because you don't know what all they've been through to get where they are at or you know or, or their story getting getting through there but i don't think i'd i would would change too much of anything if i had to do it again on some things i might be a little more careful but i think i would still do what i did again you know absolutely i think um my my teaching style or even training with different people to keep an eye on what could cause injuries to them is huge well, I think my hip, for instance, I had a, uh, I injured my growth plate as a kid and, and didn't know it. The, the, the uh, surgeon that did the, in Cleveland Clinic that did the surgery, when they took the, and I've had x-rays here, and these doctors around in my area are, are just, they're not very up to par on stuff, and they just said, uh, you got arthritis, and come back and see me when you retire, and we'll do a, a artificial hip. And, well, this guy here said, well, we can repair this. You just have, your growth plates have never developed. And if you look on the x-ray, and what happened is you injured it as a little kid. And I understand injuring a growth plate, what happens? It doesn't develop. And the next thing you know, I because I notice the way I stand sometimes. I favor one leg more than the other. There was never any pain. But if, but if I look at my pictures, I, I, I seem to keep one leg straight and the other knee bent slightly. So I'm kind of like at an angle with my legs. And mm. I never noticed that. And then, then finally now I notice, I says, I wonder why, because that bone never actually fit in the socket. But yet I did all this kicking and jumping and played sports through school. And it never was there a time where it ever bothered me until one day I'm in class doing a front kick. And I remember all of a sudden it felt like somebody shoved a knife in my hip bone. And then I went with that for two years limping. So I limped for two years with pain. I had no clue what I could do about it. It hurt to stretch. So I couldn't stretch anymore. So I lost all my flexibility because I used to be able to uh, do splits and do the split kick and all that. And, uh, all that went to the wayside. You know, because I couldn't really, I couldn't do any stretches at all, hardly, for two years, for over two years. Yeah, injuries can really set you back. So, I mean, now I'm not so much worried about it. It's like more worry about my teaching and that than anything else. I'm not competing or I don't have to worry about competing or showing the correct. I just do the best I can do. That's all. Right. You know, what part of Taekwondo do you like uh, best? What topic oh, of Taekwondo do you like best? Well, <laughs> in my younger days... you have days, a favorite, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, things 
things change through the years, I guess. I mean, when I first started, of course, I like self-defense, but I like sparring the best. I, I, I care more about sparring than the patterns. The patterns to me were, were something that I had to do. And as time went on, especially when I got an injury, then I st- as time went on, higher up I went, I realized how important the patterns were more than they were the sparring. And when that changed, I'm not, I'm not sure what belt level. But as time went on, I guess probably when I started slowing down from competing, when I started realizing that patterns sometimes were more important than the sparring part. But, In what way but, was that uh, more important? Well, to me, the patterns, of course, when you're young, just like the young kids, if I ask the kids in my classes, what do you like to do the most? There's two things they like to do, or even three. One, they like to spar. They like to do self-defense, and they like to break. They, they could uh, uh, care less about step sparring and some of the other stuff and patterns some of them like patterns some of them you know they would rather do but i always try to explain that without your patterns you're not going to test i said that's that's your key to the testing is that pattern right there you got to work on those patterns i'm getting to the point i kind of like it all i mean i i kind of like i don't know kind of hard to explain now there's just there's (laughs) just so many different parts you know yeah but but if you'd asked me years you know if you'd asked me years and years ago i would have probably said maybe like sparring and, uh, and then patterns next. Now yeah, I would no. probably, now I'd probably maybe patterns, then sparring next. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think um, through the years, I, I went through phases. I, you know, yeah, I really like doing I, patterns, and then I'd like to do sparring. I kind of wish I would have done, yeah, I kind of wish I would have done things a little different in my younger years, because we used to do a lot of jumping. In my younger years, we used to jump over stuff. Every class had a lot of jumping in it with the adults and stuff. We'd jump and run and jump over, see who, see who could jump the highest and That's all this stuff. That's part of the stuff. fun, though. Yeah, but as I, I had older students that came in that had some knee problems and stuff, and once they got to a belt level where it required jumping, I, I lost a lot of them because I made them jump too much. Yeah. And as time went on, and I never realized that how important it was till I got a knee injury. So I injured my knee. It took me all that time to realize that, hey, you know, I've got a knee injury and I can still jump, but I don't need to jump every day in class. I don't need to to make everybody jump over three or four of those body shields, five of them, see how high they can jump, you know, and scare them, you know, because they're not going to want to come. They're going to go someplace else and take a martial art that they feel more comfortable with. So we still do some jumping, but it's a subtle you know, it's like, right. hey, we got to jump because part of that is part in our patterns and some breaks we do. But, but don't worry, you know, it, it's not, you're not going to be tested on high, how high you can jump. And well, I explain, even sparring, even if you jump an inch off the floor, it's still considered a jump. You know, you're, as long as you're off the ground, you're jumping. That's true. Just, so that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. This comes from experience, I think. Yeah, I mean. I mean, you can I've have a, good, like a a newly first degree black belt and he may not totally understand that. And so the class could yes. end up being very high impact and can be very difficult for older people or people that don't have that ability or people that haven't um, developed the kind of skills or strength to handle some of the jumps that some yes. people are able to I, do. I, now I've got some heavy people in my class. So I've had some heavy people, and, and I was just scared about having them jump too much because I didn't want them to think that they couldn't do it and, and maybe go do something else where there wasn't any jumping. Because I know in Taekwondo, there's, there is a lot of jumping, and I, I, I think a lot of it, too, depends on who the instructor is. If he's a jumper, 
students are going to be jumpers, you know, if they if they go along. If this guy is in the breaking heavily, the, the students will more than likely. Same with sparring. I used to do a lot of sparring. Sparring was the thing. We would, if I'd look back at the class, I could, you know, we did more sparring uh, per se than than about anything else, you know. And then, of course, but I tried to keep it well-rounded because everybody was there for different reasons. And so that's what I promoted as, hey, this is a martial art where there's every there's a little something for everybody, whether you want self-defense, whether you like patterns, whether you like sparring, whether you just want to get into shape, it's all there. It's a, it's a complete package, I guess you could say, where some other martial arts are just maybe uh, sparring only or patterns only or whatever. So that, to me, it's a complete martial art. I guess that's kind of what I like about it, I guess you could say. Yeah, no, I think it's a, I think you bring out a good point. We're you know, still a student. Yeah, I'm still a student. No we're, matter we're how much I don't care what belt belt level. That that belt level is just once you quit, feel like you've reached the limit, and you quit wanting to learn, you're pretty much done. Master Sesco, um, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, where can they reach you at? Well, they can they can reach me on Facebook, but they can also uh, they can call me, and my my phone number is three zero four two eight zero. Zero zero two eight. They can reach me anytime, but they can reach me at jsusco at uh, att.net. Well, hopefully, I get to uh, come out to train with you in Ohio, sir. Yes. Well, one of these days, I'd love to come to California. I've oh. got some relatives that live there, but they live a little. I think they live south of you. I can't remember what town it is right now that they that they live in stuff. But uh, maybe one of these days, I'll make it out your way for a for a weekend or something and. That'd be exciting. All right. Um, well, thank you very much, Master Sesco, for our little time together, and we look forward to uh, catching up with you again. Okay. Thank you, Master Jew. It's been great talking to you. Great talking to you. Thank you, sir. Tech one. Okay. Tech one. <laughs>